What's up, Makana Heads? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we discuss, you guessed it, Matthew McConaughey and his filmography and philosophy. I'm your guest host, Mark Usher, and I'm doing this intro solo today. We've got a little bit of a treat for you. Uh, we're reviewing Days That Confused, the seminal film, the launch pad for several careers, including Matthew McConaughey's. It has a great performance as Wooderson. I got a little too excited about reviewing this film. I bought a book called All Right, All Right, All Right, the oral history of Richard Linklater's Days of Confused. Got a lot of interesting perspectives from the people involved in making the film. So when our regular co-host Johnny and I sat down to record, we went a little long, and so we've decided to split this into two different episodes. Instead of just making you listen to Johnny and me drone on for two episodes about this same movie, we thought we'd bring in a couple of new guest hosts to assist us. So across these two episodes, you're going to hear my wife, Diana, and Johnny's wife, Lizzie, both give their perspectives on this movie. So let's jump into this first episode. I'll see you at the Moon Tower. So I bought this uh, woven room divider, and I've got this nice, actually awful uh, beach towel. It's supposed to say life is a series of commas, not periods, but they cut it off and it just says life is a series, comma, not period. Uh, but you get you get McConaughey's you intense do. eye here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's working. From this perspective, it looks like it's everything it needs to be. So I think yeah, it's just fine. exactly. That's what I figured. Yep. But, you know, um, I yeah. was I had a similar thought. You know, if I can get like some paneling up here and put some, um, you know, some acoustic tiles up, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you've had a busy week, huh? Dude, I always got a busy week. I don't know what to tell you. Tell me what's up, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, to, uh, let's see. National Donut Day is this week. That's a big day for us. Uh, tomorrow, I'm showing Nashville's some... like eight, eight and a half hours away. Though. What's that? Nashville's a long way away. Yeah. Wait, huh? I need to show, hold on. Oh, you said national. Yeah. Hold on. Not Nashville Donut here. Day. Yes. Now I can hear you. I couldn't hear you before. Try now. Okay, I thought you said Nashville Donut Day. Yeah. I was like, all right. Well, Nashville's a ways away, man. No, no, yeah. National Donut Day. Uh, I believe it's Friday, the second. So, you know. Okay, I heard you say Nashville again. That's, <laughs> Nash that's no, national. Me. National. I'm turning into a <laughs> southerner. It's totally a problem. Me. All right, everybody. It's Nashville Donut Day. <laughs> <laughs> if you drive, fly, Crawl, however whatever, you get there. Whatever you got to do. They have seven free donuts for everybody Shit. that crawls into the Nashville city limits. Six. We give away six donuts. Don't be promising seven to nobody, okay? <laughs> Their prices went up too. Inflation's some bullshit. Oh, really? I'm just saying. Yeah. Where are you getting your donuts from? Uh, Danny's. The only place. Uh, Danny doesn't own it anymore. Some other girl does who uh, jacked up the prices, but that's where we're getting them. Uh, yeah. Is that local? It is. Yeah, dude. It's like the donut shop around here. Oh, cool. Have you not been? You'll know? I don't know anything about Danny, man. Oh, man. We're going to change I'll that. tell you this. Tell me. I'll tell you this. I 
test drove a motorcycle today. Mm-mm. And the wonderful gentleman uh, was actually from Gainesville. Who? There are only three of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, was it? like, yeah, man, I grew up in Gainesville. And he's like, really? You know, and then like when I actually met him, he's like, so you grew up in Gainesville? I said, well, grew up in Claremont, but lived in Gainesville for several years. My best friend lives in Flowery Branch. He's like, oh, man, I got family in Oakwood. Uh, we've got a family farm out in Athens. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know that we know him by one degree of separation somehow. Right. Yeah. So he, his permanent address is on a road that includes his last name, his family last name. So, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those. Yep. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Not getting the motorcycle, by the way. Spoiler oh, dude. Alert. What was it? What kind of motorcycle? I'm sorry. Uh, I got a 2008 Honda Shadow. Okay. Yeah. Arrow. Arrow. Perfect. Perfect for me. What happened? Um, I, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. Mark, do we need anything? Do you need a McConaughey towel? Do you? Do you? No, I don't. But I, I, was, I was hoping I would get the same like thrill that oh. I used to get. From riding, yeah. and it was fun, but like that that level of thrill wasn't there. And I've got other financial goals, sure. That I, I want to achieve above having a motorcycle right now. So um, we are waiting to test drive a, a vehicle. Uh, Tesla, fine, dude. I'm fully finally pulling the trigger on the Tesla. It's Hell happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Lizzie has. Um, all but signed the papers for this one girl uh, in Sweden to come live with us and be our au pair. So I have to give up my car, which means I got an open slot. Wow. There it is. Are you are you afraid about the au pair, Johnny? Are you afraid that it's going to be like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation where you're really attracted to the to the au pair. <laughs> is, is that is that how that movie went, man? I think so. <laughs> I don't remember, but I think I think that's how. It no, went. I I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh, she's a little I think Burt Reynolds was there and Bert, what? S- hmm. In Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, Burt Reynolds and then his little side chick. They were there, and they were like, "Oh, we got some kids." And then Robin Williams was there. But he he didn't have a Trans Am, so he had to wear a dress. Is that is that what how that happened? The hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, Brett fucking Reynolds. Was he in that movie? <laughs> no, the mom Pierce the Brosnan. mom from Mrs. Doubtfire was the um, yeah she was she was the chick in in uh, Smoking the Bandit. I'm dying because I don't know her name because she is a hot piece. Okay. Of Fs. I was, I was just thinking about that yesterday because you were always the guy who knew the name of the girl. Didn't matter what it was, you knew her name. I did. Right? Sally Field. Sally Field. That was you. Like, for example, you had to go home on Wednesdays to watch, like, what was it? Femme Fatale? What? Nikita? What, what is it you watched? That was not me. The Femme Nikita. No? No. No. That was not me. Really? Sounds like me. That was not me. Sounds like you. Sounds like you. Okay, well, what was her name? Do you know her name? Rebecca Remain Stamos. (laughs) (laughs) 
swim uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition cover girl for 1999, I think. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that wasn't you. She now yeah. plays number one on uh, Paramount Plus's original series, Strange Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. It's wonderful. You should watch it. Is that why you're watching this show, Mark? Is that what this is about? No, man. This show is like, it's what the original series could have been and should have been. You got Anson Mount playing the captain and boy, his hair. I mean, I don't care if you're straight, gay, or if you're asexual, you're going to go for this guy. He's like, he's got some awesome charisma. But, But Picard had zero hair, right? Wasn't that his thing? He was bald, straight bald. Correct. Yeah, and so they did some they, screen tests with a wig, and yeah, they ended up going with the bald look, and it, I mean, really? it worked for him. It worked for him. Yeah, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. So speaking of recognizable people, no, I'm not. I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves, Mark. I'm not going to do it. I'm following you. I'm following you. All right. I don't want to just jump into. No, characters. let's get into it. Let's get into it. Because oh, all right, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. One of the main like eight or ten characters in this film was also the person behind Resident Evil. Yeah, Johnny, I have a uh, what, what do you call that? Where the ovals overlap? You're not talking about the Russian nesting dolls, I'm imagining. Venn diagram. Venn diagram. Yep. I have a Venn diagram that I know is incomplete. Okay, but I have a Venn diagram of all these fucking people. No, you didn't. Yeah. Okay. So before yeah. we jump in, what are you drinking tonight? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint in a pickle day. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Dude, tonight I have a hopping Nomad IPA season ale from Aldi. Hey. Yeah. All Aldi? We- we were in Aldi. We had a pool party to go to. I didn't have any beer. And Aldi has started um, chilling their beverages now. So I said, IPA, I'm going for it. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give it about a 6. Okay. All right. There you go. How about you, Mark? What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a sixer of these in honor of uh, the scene where Spivey has Mitch go buy a sixer of these. From right? the liquor store. You don't know what it is. It's just a sixer of these. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm drinking a sixer of these. Uh, are, are you going to drink all six of them on the show tonight? Because that'd be oh, God, exciting no. for me. Oh, no, it's Memorial Day. I've had too much already. So uh, no. good man. Good I'm going to have half of, half of this one beer. Oh, well, I, I can't make the same promise, but I'm not going to get plastered <laughs> like I did last show. Okay. I listened to that and I'm like, no. Not going to make that a regular thing. Yeah, there's some like, good stuff in there. There's some good painful. stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, before we started recording, your wife just like trashed this movie. She did. She had nothing nice to say about it. What's wrong with her? I got to tell you, the first time I watched this movie, I was I had the same opinion. It was like, what is this? Okay. Fair. Yeah. I, I, this, this is what I want to reveal to you. According to at least Wikipedia, the original idea from the writer and director, Richard Linklater, the original idea for this movie, it was it was two shots. Okay. One shot. Okay. A, a few guys getting into a car. 
in the mid 70s and inserting an eight track, a ZZ Top eight track. Okay. Okay. Shot two from the back seat or maybe from the front windshield. I don't know. But shot two would be just these guys riding around, talking, listening to the ZZ Top album. And the movie would end when the album ended. So those were the two ideas behind this movie. And they were like, we're going to write a movie around this? Is that what you're telling me? Well, that was the idea. Those were the two scenes for the movie. Think about this movie in that context. The music that just permeates and like flows through this movie. The music was good. The music right? was, was top I mean, What is this yes. movie? It's, it's a bunch of kids hanging out. That's all it is, right? So the movie is yeah. just an expanded version of a few guys riding around, drinking beer, smoking doobies, listening to music. I mean, that's all this movie is. That's, a, that's all it was. If you can uh, see it in that yeah. context, it's like, it's fucking phenomenal. Okay. All right. Okay. So, if the, yeah, I agree. You wear those glasses, then it is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Now, I did have an idea, and I want you to be honest with me. On a scale of one to ten, how bad is this idea? Uh, I was thinking about rolling a joint tonight, uh, smoking it in under 30 seconds, because that's just what I do. I don't like to hang out outside. Uh, and then rewatching this movie. Do you think that would be helpful? Say, man, you got a joint? I think that if it was derived from hemp, it would be legal in Georgia, but otherwise you should not. Did I say weed? I meant tobacco. I'm a tobacco smoker. Oh. Yeah. You should not smoke in the house with your children. That's smart. Sure, surely not <laughs> in, in the house. Okay, so I've got my phone in front of me, Mark. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of a Seth Green movie. Came out when okay. we were in high school. Uh, and I believe that, that this, Dazed and Confused, is the original version of this movie. Okay, uh, hit me. It was just some kids going to a party. That was the entire movie. Okay. Um, Jesus, what was the name of this movie? I can't find it. Um, damn. All right, IMDb. It was it was the same exact story. It's all I could think about. Just these high school kids coming together. He got stuck in the bathroom with some girl. They ended up, you know doing what people who get locked in bathrooms do. Uh, son of a bitch. Well, I'll tell you this. Linklater, Richard Linklater, has done a few different like coming-of-age tales. He really? did at least one before this called Suburbia, I think. Okay. Uh, and, then he, and then he's done a cu- at least a couple since then. Uh, this movie has the same, I think, casting director, some creep named Don... Dude. Some Don something. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just repeating you when you said some creep. I loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's like some old school Hollywood guy. Uh, kind of a creep, but produces, you know, great results. And he was the casting, again, I think casting director for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which came out in 1982. Why are you continuously late for this class, Mr. Spicoli? Hey, bud, what's your problem? This movie, Days and Confused, came out in 1993, filmed in 92. Right. Um, and it, it's it's kind of a spiritual sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Just, okay, again, yeah. kind of a 
coming of age tale for high schoolers. Not much happens. They just they get baked and they <laughs> hang out. You know. Yes. Well, uh, okay. but I, what I love is that this movie was the jumping off point for a lot of careers. It seemed that way, right? It it blew my mind, Johnny. I've spent probably two full sleepless days doing research on this movie. It will not oh show. Uh, you will think that I've only done 15 minutes of research. I'm just going to lay it all out. I'm not going to let you talk, okay? Nope. Nope. Okay. Before you do, Mark, can't hardly wait. That was the name of the movie, 1998. Can't hardly wait. I'm leaving tomorrow. And if we could go someplace. Oh, you know what? That is enough. That is enough. God, I haven't even been single for like five minutes. And already, already you think that I am just going to strip off my clothes and do you. Can't hardly wait. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't seen, seen it. That? Oh, shit. All right, dude. I, you just had the IMDb some. pulled up. I did. Okay. Hot girl. What was her name? Uh, she was in all of the, you know, um, people. Tara. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Bam. Oh, cool. Yep. Uh, let's see who else in here that you might know. No one else in here seems really noteworthy at all. Man. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was not very memorable. I I seem to remember that movie. I I, I, I kind of see a DVD cover with Seth Green on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll assume it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, go into what you have studied. All right. All right so you Richard have, Linklater. Yeah. He's done a bunch of movies, but let's talk about Boyhood, which I haven't seen. Have you seen? Uh, no, I thought you were going to ask me about my childhood, but all right. No, there was one that he filmed over like 15 or 20 years. Damn. Yeah, like Christian Slater and I mean, a couple of other people, they would meet up for two weeks every summer or every few summers and like film this like overtime movie. No way. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't talk about it hmm. in All any right, more detail. Cool. Yeah. So he did that one, uh, A Scanner Darkly. Do you remember that one? No. Where it was like pseudo animated. No, that was a weird one. Uh, School of Rock. School of Rock, I got. Yep. Yep. Jack Black. Yep. All right, so arguably our main character, Pink. Yep. His name is Jason London. He has a twin brother named Jeremy London, who is who seems to be a little more successful than him. Uh, but if you recognized him, you may have, you know, there's like double exposure about the there. Brother. <laughs> yeah, there's double exposure. <laughs> so his brother, Jeremy London, was in 37 episodes of Seventh Heaven. Uh, he was oh. also a main character in Party of Five. He was in Mallrats. Um, yes. And one of our other characters in this, this movie, Joey Lauren Adams, who plays Simone. I was at that party, the, the one where we wasted the good surprise on you. The girlfriend of Pink. Okay. Uh, yep. She also appeared in Mallrats, as did Ben Affleck. I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Yeah. So just throw that out there. That's, that's pretty interesting. All of them in that together. How about that? Yeah. Huh. Uh, ben Affleck, who plays O'Banion, he was in a movie called School Ties with Cole Hauser. 
and uh, Anthony Rapp. He was in Mallrats, again, with Jeremy London and Joey Adams. He was in Chasing Amy and Jane Silent Bob with Joey Lauren Adams. He was in Goodwill Hunting with Cole Hauser. Uh, Joey Lauren <laughs> Adams, before I talked about her a few times, she was also in The Breakup with Cole Hauser. Um, Adam Goldberg, who plays Mike Newhouse. He was in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with uh, Matthew McConaughey. He was in Ed TV with Matthew McConaughey. He was in A Beautiful Mind with Anthony mm-hmm. Rapp. You might also know him from Saving Private Ryan. Um, you know, Cole Hauser. Again, I've, I think I've covered everything that oh, Cole Hauser has been in with everybody else. You probably know him best currently as Rip from Yellowstone. Please tell me you're watching Yellowstone. Get up. Get up. Get up. I'm going to give you one last chance. You leave now or you'll never leave. I'll bury you where you fucking stand. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, I'm the only person who doesn't watch that show. Only person in the world. He's phenomenal. I know it. I'm, He's phenomenal. I know it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, most of these people that I've mentioned, like this is their first real performance. Uh, a few other people that that are mm-hmm. that we should take note of: Parker Posey. This is one of her first appearances. Uh, you might know her from uh, any number of Christopher Guest movies, like Best in Show. We met at Starbucks, not at the same Starbucks, but we saw each other at different Starbucks across the street mm-hmm. from each other. Or a mighty wind, like these fake documentaries. Uh, I feel like okay. Um, <laughs> I don't watch those shows. Uh, yeah, sorry. Keep. Yeah, I'm not with you. Not not once. Mm-mm. She also played, I think, Jess's sister in New Girl. Okay. Yep. And she was the like opposing parks director in Parks and Rec for like Loved Eagleton. Parks and Rec. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Follow, yep. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. These waffles make great dog laxatives. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Giovanni Rabisi's twin sister, Marissa Rabisi. She plays Cynthia the redhead in this okay. movie. Okay. Yes. She's not a natural redhead. But yeah, so that's who that is. And, and you, I had a discussion with Lizzie about this. Tell me she is not the same character from Ozark, whose name is the blonde one. Help me. God damn it. We just talked about this. The mother? No, 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 no. The the crazy girl with the curly hair. Uh, In the meantime, shut your fuck nugget mouth and get the hell out. Oh, she does look like, yes. Right? We should know that, that woman's name. We should. Julia Garner played Ruth. Julie Garner? It? Julie Garner, yep. She does look a lot like Julie Garner. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. It's like this like high forehead, but not not really the not really that the forehead it's is high. N- it's, it's not like a five head. It's different. It's that the hair. Yes. Like goes hair. up and back and curly from the mm-hmm. forehead. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I had not made that connection, but yeah, totally. That's it. So I man, I can't tell you. I, I was going through IMDB and I kept seeing these crossovers. I'm like, oh my God, all these people, they start out together, you know? <laughs> and I mean, it really, really, I mean, all these people have had long careers. Well, some of them. I haven't seen, I don't recognize Marissa Rubisi from anything. Uh, but, you know, most of these people have had long careers that really 
this movie, Days and Confused, was the launch pad for their careers. Do you think that it could have anything to do with, at the time, there was a smaller casting pool to pull from? And anyone who like shined a little bit, people would cling to and said, okay, out of, in this movie, we're going to cling to these six people. They have something to offer. So, Johnny, I got to tell you, I've got a book. All right, all right, all right. All right. The Oral History of Richard Linklater's Days and Confused. So I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've, I've read a good bit. Okay. Apparently, the idea was, hey, let's get some, uh, we can need a bunch of unknowns. We need them to all look like they're 17. <laughs> okay. Some of them, actually, they were like 12, 14, 17. Some of them were 21, 22, and that was a sure. little too, they like lied about their age. They said they were a little bit younger. Sure. So yeah, they were looking for unknowns who were really young. For, for this movie. Huh. Yeah. Well, they they found him, right? I mean, McConaughey, we know, Unsolved Mysteries. That was his claim to fame up until this point. Yeah, apparently. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time, apparently Grandpa just gives me a remote after we watch the Powerball. Yeah, apparently, I got to tell you, man. Apparently, he filmed this movie before he filmed Days to Confused. Right, no sorry. way. He before. filmed this movie before he filmed Unsolved Mysteries. You're kidding. Yeah. Um, huh. I, I, sent you, I sent you a link to a video. Okay. I don't know if you watched it. But... I did. I watched all three videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, you know, he kind of thought this acting thing was just going to be like a summer hobby. Bingo. Like a little yeah. summer job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like, I think in between junior and senior year at UT Austin. And yeah, so this was not something that he he says, at least now. This is not something he thought was going to be a career, um, but yeah. Um, so they were looking for unknowns, people who could just step in. People, a lot of local people were involved in this movie. A lot of the extras and lesser known, sure, you know, yeah, people that ne- don't have lines or anything. I think we're we're all from Austin. Uh, I think it works out great. It feels really natural. Yeah. Now Matthew McConaughey's lines grew. Right. He did not start out with all of these lines. Hundred percent. Right. I mean, so yeah, in one of the videos that, that you sent, he was uh, coming in the night before for costume and makeup, and the director came and said, hey, let's go shoot something. Like, what? Yeah, he was just there just to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hair and makeup test or whatever. He was not supposed to be filming that night. Mm-hmm. I loved the story about how All Right, All Right, All Right came about. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems so like off the hip, right? And it became his trademark forever. Yeah. 35 years or whatever. Yeah. Just simply amazing. Um, So tell us. Well, I mean, I'll try. All right. I've got it written down if you need some help. Well, okay. So he was thinking about his character, right? Right. Because he wasn't supposed to film that night. And League Leader says, hey, you want to film this scene? And he's like, well, fuck, I don't know my character yet and goes yeah 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 give me give me a minute give me a minute right (laughs) right right absolutely and and so um he he was thinking about his character his character is what got the car that's one that's one all right got uh all right rock and roll rock and roll rock and roll and i want to say weed yep he's got slater in the car with him who is like a big pothead. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's so a weed. That's his three. And the fourth one was going to be the girl. Right. Exactly. 
So, so he's got his three. He's on his way to get his fourth. That's, the right, that's right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, that was his... He said the first three words that he had said on screen, right? Yeah. Now, in the movie, in the sequence of the movie... I was it's thinking not the, that. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. the first thing we hear, but according to him, I think it's August 12th, 1992. That's the first scene that he filmed was him. Pull, yeah. August 12th, 1992, him pulling up to the burger joint and saying, all right, all right, all right. You don't even see him on screen. You it's don't. just his he car screen, pulling yeah. up. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Cruising for chicks. That's incredible. So, Absolutely incredible yeah. to think about. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool. That just set in motion this incredible career that we're going to, I mean, we're going to go through step by step on this podcast. We have no choice. We have, we, I mean, we've started, all right? We've kicked the rock off the ledge. It's going down the mountain. You can't stop it. It's going to be an avalanche. I held you to a June 5th premiere date. <laughs> so I kicked, I kicked the rock down the mountain. I'm sorry. There's nothing like a good, uh, oh man, I don't even have these anymore, so I forget what they're called. You know, Mark, uh, deadline. Deadline is the word. I'm looking for a good deadline. Oh yeah, yeah. I work best under pressure. Uh, what what is it? Um, necessity breeds creativity, or whatever. That's it. That's it. Here we yeah. are. Here we are. I, I'm loving what we got so far. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house, and I don't see a cop inside. So tell me more. So I want to tell you a little bit, just a little bit of background on this film. Here. All right. And then I, I want to dive right in. Hell yeah. And I want to under, because I know your wife didn't like the movie. So I kind of want to understand where you're at. Okay. And I want to talk about the movie itself. Let's go. Okay? Go. So first off, release date, September 10th, 1993. Budget, $6.9 million. Box office, your mind's got to be blown, $8 million. So it didn't make a lot. But it was well-received by critics. Good. Okay. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Really? Yeah. And the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes is 92, so that's pretty good. Now, I mean, do you think that's 92, like, now looking back, like it's a cult classic? Or at the time, would that have gotten a 92? It's apparently from the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was well-received. And again, we talked about this already, but this is the opus for this film was a few guys driving around in a car. Linklater turned this into, I don't know, 24 people riding around in cars at different times during this last day of school. And somehow he needed $7 million to make it. Yeah. How the hell did he spend $7 million? Like, I... I mean, in 1992, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I saw a couple kegs of beer, and I'm sure that they drank them. All right, it only makes sense. Um, like you said, a bunch of nobodies wandering around in the forest for the last half of the movie. Uh, where did that? Yeah. Where did that money go? I want to see that budget. I've got questions. To be fair, it's really just the last third of the movie. In the forest, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, whatever. Yeah, I was re-watching the movie yesterday. 
uh, taking notes and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's 30 minutes left of this movie and we're already at the moon tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like one third of the movie is them at the party and then at the football field. I mean, like, that's it. So, yeah, man, let, let's let's get into Go. it. Go. Uh, you know, one thing that we're trying to track during uh, during the podcast is how many times McConaughey is shirtless. Did you track how many times he was shirtless during this movie? Uh, I don't remember him being shirtless. Yeah, it was zero. Okay, that that, that would be why. Yeah. But let me ask you about the swagger. Oh, his swagger was an 11 out of 10. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about flooded basements over here? My basement was flooded from (laughs) the look on your face. Mark, I feel like I need to call your wife. Like, we got things we got to talk about. (laughs) My basement was overflowing. (laughs) We're going to get to it. But like when he walks into the Emporium, oh my God. I mean, just the swagger. I just, I want to rewatch that every time I'm feeling when I need some confidence. That's such a good idea, Mark. I like that. I'm sharing that with people. That's good. I watched it like 12 times in a row because I'm like, God damn, what what about this? And we'll get to it. We'll now, get how to did it. a guy but, who's never been on screen before and thought this was going to be a three-day project for him command that kind of presence? It's natural, man. So reading in this book, all right, all right, all right, yeah. uh, some of his co-stars did not like him because they thought that his like accent was a put-on. They thought that like his swagger was a put-on. It's like, and then they figured out, like, no, this is just McConaughey. <laughs> this is just who he is, man. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other actors, Pickford. Yeah. The guy who's the, the party's supposed to be at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that actor was just a total dickhead. I'd buy that. Total dickhead. Okay. And was like, I literally at the hotels that they were staying at, he was cutting up bed sheets and trying to sell swatches of his bed sheets to the maids for 25 bucks a piece because he was going to, he's like, I'm going to be a big deal. Bullshit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah. So his co-stars, you know, are, are dealing with, with that. And then they got McConaughey who, you know, if you're looking at this guy versus McConaughey, it's like, all right, these are the same guy. They both have like affectations, whatever. But McConaughey was a real deal. Damn. Yep. Yeah, he was. He still is. Yeah. And the movie, the movie opens with the song Sweet Emotion. Mm. Okay. Yep. Very, very chill vibes. And we have Michelle, uh, played by Mia, Mia Jovovich. Yes. Right? Yes. And she's Pickford's girlfriend, right? Okay. Uh, if, if you look at Pickford, you have no fucking clue who he is, but you know Mia Jovovich. Yes. From what Resident Evil? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Um, what's that other one? Fifth Element. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cornelius except Kiba mi manetaba um dalat lilu dalas multipass. Yeah. So we know Mia Jovovich. What I did not know is that she was kind of a big deal at the time. No way. You know, a lot of these people, their careers. I already said it was kind of a, this movie was a launch pad for right, the Right, yeah. She had already had a hit, I think. Oh. And 
she was a model. She was only 17, I think. 16, 17. Yeah, no, I would buy the model thing. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And she was a musician. And in 1994, the year after this movie came out, she released an album. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy who plays Pickford, Sean, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, who was like 21 at the time, latches on to Mia Jovovich, who's, again, 16, 17, isolates her from everybody. He's got this big ego. She's got you know, a, a blossoming career and he kind of f- fucks her over. And both of them say, we want more lines. We want more presence in the movie because we're both awesome. And Linklater's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, let's, let's work that in. But it got so toxic that it was, they essentially both just like quit the film and what they, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And Linklater's original. Yeah. Yeah. And Linklater's original idea for the character of Michelle was that she would be mostly mute. You know, again, the movie opens with her rolling a joint. She's got a bunch of, I mean, I'm sure she's run like weed through a grinder or something. She's just all over her hands. (laughs) (laughs) And and Pickford is a pothead too, like total, totally spaced out. And yeah, but so she doesn't say much. That was the idea for her character. But she's, you know, she told Linklater, like, I'm kind of a big deal. I want more lines. And Linklater was open to that. But the guy who plays Pickford kind of fucked them both both over. I feel like if she wanted more lines, she should have auditioned for a different spot. I mean, I mean, maybe the director said, this is you. This is your character. This is where I'm putting you. But you don't go and say, I'm rewriting your script because I want more lines. Doesn't sound like the right thing to do. Got two things to say about that. One, I think she auditioned for a different role. And two, literally, her and the guy who plays Pickford rewrote the script and brought it to Linklater. What? And said, yeah. They rewrote it and said, this is what we want. And Linklater said, okay, well, I mean, some of this is good. Like, let's talk about it. And they said, no, this is exactly what you're going to do. And they, like, barricaded themselves in their hotel room. Bullshit. No. Well, I'm going to tell my wife, and I'm going to say it wasn't it wasn't the director's fault. We know whose fault it was that you didn't like this movie, because apparently this is not the director's movie, right? This is not Linklater's movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, now, now that we're talking about Mia Jovovich. Yeah. Fifth Element came out in 1995. That was very shortly years, after. Yeah. Yeah. Right after this. So... I don't know if that was a, a movie that you had on DVD at home, but that's one that I've seen a lot. I can tell you that that strap scene, uh, it was Woo! it was a different different time for me as a child. Uh, I didn't know what to do with that kind of information. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do when you're ten or twelve years old and you see Mia Jovovich with you know nothing on? I mean, yeah, yeah, life changing. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Good movie, regardless. I mean, yeah, Bruce Willis. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny, I'm talking too much here. Do you want to... Do you want to... No, I'm following you because you know what you're doing. I feel like you are the professor of this class, and I'm merely auditing what's going on here. So tell me more. Well, I've got to tell you. I, I know I already said it, but like the first time I saw this movie, did not enjoy it. thought it was boring. Yep. Yep. I've, I've watched this movie twice in the last three days, and it might be the best movie in the whole world. 
That's that's something else talking, Mark. That's not true. That's not that's not real. No. Nope. It's the <laughs> lack of sleep. No, really. And I think that understanding that the opus for the movie was just some people driving around, listening to music, smoking weed. Like, I mean, this just is an expanded version of that. It's it's like a it's a moment in time. It's just one day, right? It's the last day of school. So you start like the beginning. No, like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. On the last day of school. Yeah. And then the movie ends 20 hours later, maybe 18 hours later. And there's some some of the characters are driving to buy Aerosmith tickets. Absolutely. Know? It's right. just a. Yeah, it's a snapshot in time. But why, Mark? Why? Why not? I, I mean, okay. It's, it's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, we could watch uh, The Inside Man where, with Clive Owen and um, Denzel Washington, and there's a whole thing. But they right? robbed a bank, okay? They robbed a bank? They robbed a they? bank. Did they? That's what I mean. Come on, this ain't no bank robbery. Now, I'm pretty sure they did. Was there anything missing? From the box that's not documented. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I think it was supposed to be just just tapping into nostalgia, right? Okay, yeah. And what is that like? It was 1976, released in, it was set in 76, released in 93. So, like 18 years in the past. So that would be like 2005 for us. Oh, I would dig that shit. I get that. Yep. You know, so like 20 years after, like 15, 20 years after yeah. high school graduation, just going back and like, what was it like? You know? Okay. Well, did they seriously chase down little children in the streets and beat them with wooden paddles? Because I found that disturbing. All right. I did. Boy, I'm, re- I'm ready to get into that. Okay. All right. Go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the movie opens with sweet emotion playing. It's like fucking chill. Um Mia Jovovich is rolling a joint. And yeah, we learn it's the last day of school, 1976. The characters that we follow are mostly rising seniors and yes. rising freshmen. Mm-hmm. And apparently, according to this movie, it was common to have a hazing ritual between the rising seniors and the rising freshmen. Now, when I was in high school, canning was still a thing. Like- canning? Yeah, canning. I don't know if the seniors ever got in trouble. I don't think they did. But uh, they would find freshmen that were kind of popular, per- maybe perceived as a threat, and they would approach that that person, usually a male, pick him up and put him in like a giant trash can. Like face first? He's been trying to climb through that trash can for 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure he's on acid. I, I want to say it was feet first. Like, I don't think it was, it was crazy, like head first. But they definitely put this human being in a trash can, like in the cafeteria that's full of food, right? Yeah. That's only slightly better to put them in feet first. It's still very degrading. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wow. But but no, nothing to this extent at all. Uh, Yeah. I remember going to middle school. Sixth graders were called goobers. (laughs) (laughs) Like peanuts. It's a, a word for peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a known joke that eighth graders would come around and try to sell you elevator passes for this one story school and pool passes for a school you're, that doesn't have a pool. You're kidding me. What? Yeah. So that, that was the most hazing 
that really went on <laughs> for me. Yeah. Did did you buy the pool pass, Mark? No, we were essentially warned. That they said, "Oh yeah, upperclassmen are going to try to sell you pool passes and elevator passes. It's all in good fun, you know." Now, I'll tell you, have- when we got, to- <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I would have so many questions. Like, how authentic did this pool pass look like? I mean, did they just write it down? Did they? This was not a time when you could just go print shit off. Okay, like, did they use one of those dot matrix printers? I want to know what was going, what was happening. All right, I, they probably printed them off in technology class or something. Okay, whatever, whatever. Good. Yeah, I tell you this: when I got to high school, the big fuck you was that the seniors were dating the freshmen, and it's like, come on, leave something for me. Not that I knew what to do. Yeah. Regardless. No. No. We're in the big time now. We're freshmen. Or all the girls will be putting out. Had no idea what to do at that point in time. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. They would come down from the senior class and date all the hot freshman girls. That was kind of, that sucked. Yeah. And there's some of that in here. Right? There's a scene where the so that you've already kind of teased, you've mentioned the hazing for the guys was that they like they made these paddles yeah. and this. Yeah. So the rising seniors would paddle the rising freshmen, like literally spank the shit out of them. Yes. And part of the hazing tradition for the girls was that they would make these rising freshmen, right? So they're maybe 14 years old, make them propose to these 17, 18 year old guys. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what to make of it at the time. I was like, oh, that's weird. It's creepy. The first person that we see propose, she's like, the senior says, you propose to him, you know. And she says, will you marry me? And he goes, well, what What do you do for me? And she says, anything you want. Yes, yeah. And, he's, and he like he asked her to open her mouth, like, to accept a, mm-hmm. a, a dick, right? Right, yeah. And she opens her mouth, and, and he's like, do you spit or swallow? She goes... I don't know. What do you want? She, oh, you know, she's so young, right? She yes. has no idea. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, what are freshmen? 14 years old? That's what I'm saying. 14. Like, God, that's insane. Yeah. It's like upsetting. <laughs> a li- it's a little you know? upsetting. It's ups- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're here the last day of school, 1976. Wow. Uh, yep. We know that Pickford's throwing a party at his house that night. Uh, we learned that Pink, you know, we said he's got a a, a twin brother, right? But but Pink yes. is the uh, quarterback, the quarterback for the football team. Yeah, yeah. And we we find out right away that he's friends with the Jocks and the Stoners, right? There's this, there's yeah, this awesome absolutely. scene. Yeah, yeah. He's he's into that, and he's not into the uh, the pledge. We know that. We quickly quickly find that out. The pledge is not for him. Right, we're introduced to Slater, who is is quite a druggie. How's it going? <laughs> Six and be a lot better, man. Right, Pink is like, yeah, I'm great friends with Slater. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with Pinkford, who's having the party, who's obviously a pothead. And then, yeah, pretty quickly we learned that the football coaches want him to sign a pledge right. for, like, no sex, no drugs, no alcohol. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, we Yeah, this is kind of where we... We meet all of our characters here. The last day of school, everybody's kind of like nobody's committed to the last day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you do anything on one of your last days of school? Did you skip school? Did you do anything fun? Oh, uh, God. Uh, honest to God, dude, I'm, I'm going to tell an embarrassing story here. Uh, I think it was my senior year. 
Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was my freshman year. I don't know. I, I was the only person called up at the end of school uh, for perfect attendance. Okay. Way to go, Kathy. Lame as shit. Okay. That's what that was. Yeah. I, I like, that's what happened. People didn't clap. They laughed at that point because <laughs> I was the only guy that they called. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no. I remember senior year, I skipped first period every day. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would go smoke cigars out on the dock with friends. It wasn't myself because that would have been weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of that might have been weird just by yourself. <laughs> so I remember is when I had my Bronco, my 89 Bronco, and I only had that thing for a few months because I flipped it. So, yeah, I don't, but I'm pretty sure that was the last day of school or last day of a semester. Was it really? Yeah, I went to I went to Dairy Spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, got some slaw dogs, <laughs> and slaw my dogs. older cousin Aaron like like got us out of school early and like took us to Dairy Spot, and then we took my Bronco and went to one of the fields on the family property and went mud bogging. No way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. I have no such memories, Mark. I'm sorry. Uh well, nope. all, all these folks in this movie have some pretty good memories. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yes. Why wasn't I out partying like these guys? Yeah. So, so again, we're, we're kind of meeting all of our characters here. Uh, we meet our intellectuals, Cynthia, who we've said is Giovanna yep. Ribisi's sister, mm-hmm. Marissa Ribisi. I've got Mike, who's played by Adam Goldberg. Is it Adam Goldberg? Yeah. What happened? The 90s were tough on everyone. You know, a lot of people lost money in the dot-com boom. You know, I uh, I drank myself blind and robbed the McDonald's. And then Tony, played by Anthony Rapp, who people might recognize from Rent or Star Trek Discovery. At the quantum level, there is no difference between biology and physics. Okay. Okay, this is like our intellectual crowd. And then we've got the jocks, Cole Hauser, uh, he's he's in Woodshop. We see him in Woodshop. He's really yep. working on he's on his going paddle after that paddle. Yes, he is. He's, he's dedicated, ready. focused. Pretty sure he's putting in air holes so that it will move faster through. Oh, really? Through the air. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> Making an aerodynamic. That's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's committed. He's committed. Uh, yeah. So we've got Cole Hauser who plays Benny. We've got Ben Affleck, who plays O'Banion. We've got, again, Jason London, London, who plays Pink, the quarterback. We've got uh, the guy with the big eyebrows. I call him (laughs) Cro-Magna. Cro-Magna. Yeah, his name is Don. Okay. Right, Don. And then the, the, yeah, Don. Don Dawson. And then the only black player, uh, his last name is Spivey. Yeah, yep. So, So they're kind of the... The jock crew mm-hmm. that we see throughout the movie. We we haven't seen McConaughey yet. No, we don't see him until like the 41st minute, I think. If I'm being... Yeah. Yeah. Freaking insane. So, again, last day of school, we we, we learned that uh, one of the rising senior girls, Jody, her brother's name is Mitch, mm-hmm. and he's a rising freshman. Yeah. And she tells Cole Hauser and, and all the, the jocks, hey, go easy on my brother. Take it easy on my brother this summer, okay? Bad move. Bad move. Yeah. W- what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, she thought she was doing him a favor. No, they pushed his ass to the top of the list. That's what she did. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so he's got a price on his head. Um, they they they. Uh, in fact, they <laughs> they drive their truck over to the middle school, and they've got a, like a loudspeaker on the truck. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And, yeah. And they're calling out to these kids, and the teachers are like, "Man, y'all are fucked." I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, so they call out on the loudspeaker like, you motherfuckers better be ready. We're coming for you. We're here. You know, yeah. And no they get one... in this crazy-ass car chase. Yes, yeah. Talk yeah. to me about this car chase. Well, I just want to know, what did they think was going to happen, right? Like, they got people hanging out of their cars with the paddles, getting like they're about to smack the ass in the car. Like, what are you doing? Put on your seatbelt. Okay. And, and yeah, like you said, just chasing them through this residential neighborhood. Okay. At one point. Driving they, through yards. That's it. At one point. Yeah. They, they get the truck away. The truck's like, fuck that. I'm going right, to run through someone's yard to get to you. Absolutely nuts. Is uh, this what the 70s was like? I don't know what the 70s were like. Obviously, I was not there. Uh, I do think that uh, shit was crazy. Uh, it was a different time. My dad was alive, and I know that, that he got in fights. That was kind of his thing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that's exactly what the 70s were like. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I want to point out that when we see them pull up to the middle school on the loudspeaker, they're already drinking beers. Okay? I just want to point that out. They're, they're starting early. Well, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? Again, Story about my dad in the 70s where they would just pick up these huge cases of beers, throw them in the back of the car, and drive to Florida and just clear these beers all the way down. Oh, that's awesome. It's insane. <laughs> Fucking insane. There's a scene in the movie where we see a trunk that's just full of beer. Bingo. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, is it? How shaken up with yeah. those, those beers have been at that point, okay? You know the shocks were great on those muscle cars, okay? That's, no. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yes, the jocks are, some of the jocks have already gone over to the middle school, right? And some of yep. the other jocks, they're leaving. Uh, Pink is in the group that is leaving, and they run at the coaches, and the coaches give them a hard time. Mm-hmm. Right, about this pledge that you talked about. Yes, the pledge. Well, Randy, if you could get that back to us by the end of the day, we'd feel a lot better about it. And you guys see that he does this, okay? All right, coach. Right. So they're about to leave for the summer, and the coaches want them to, like, stay strong over the summer, right? Well, then get them in there doing two-a-days. Don't make them sign a sheet of paper, okay? That's what you need to be doing. Yeah, the coach is a real dick. Before next fall, you're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And those two assistant coaches with their shorts, fuck them, all right? And the high socks. Well, if you're going to have high shorts, you got to cover your legs with something. So high socks. Exactly. All right? <laughs> like tights. Yeah, and this is where we meet the uh, Ben Affleck character, O'Banion. Mm-hmm. He, like, you know, swings his car into the parking lot, and he's all excited. He's got a paddle, and it's it's uh, emblazoned with F-A-H space Q. Fa Q. Didn't right. catch that. Not for a second. Yeah. But what you hear in the background, especially if you listen to the movie with, with headphones, is they say, oh, man, he's a dumb shit. He's flunked. He's already, he's flunked before. Yeah. So he, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, I guess, has already been a senior. Like, who knows how many times, <laughs> I mean, which, which senior year this is for him. 
Uh, yeah. And yeah, this is where we see, again, just kind of, I mean, all these people, they're just hanging out, right? This is just a day in the life. So we see the eighth graders running away from the seniors. The seniors are chasing after the, the freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, O'Banion, Ben Affleck ends up chasing uh, Mitch and one of Mitch's friends, right? Yes. They, yes. they ditch, they ditch the car that they're in and run up to the door, front door. Doesn't make and it. O'Banion's about to whoop the shit out of them. But what happens? Mama, mama bear. Mama bear. Mama. Whips yep, that door got a open. I love it. She yep. was ready. She's got, mm-mm. get your hands off my kid. I will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. So mama comes out with a shotgun and O'Banion's like, all right, sorry, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. I was just escorting your children home, you know? Right. Uh, but really it just makes him even more angry. He does. Yeah. I'm going to get you. Yeah. You think you had it bad before? Just wait. I fucking saw that, you little sack of shit. You two are fucking dead. You hear me? You're fucking dead. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And then we switch over. We see the women again. The, the, they're putting pacifiers in the freshman's mouth. Okay. Everything about this scene was weird. And it just got weirder, I feel like. Uh, yeah. You know, you were talking earlier about how the uh, senior guys would be dating the freshman girls. Uh, and I feel like, and, and far be it for me to get into the psychology of the woman brain, but I feel like um, these senior girls are probably a bit jealous. And not excited about all the attention going to these younger girls. So we're just going to demoralize the shit out of them. That was horrible, you little slut girls, you little freshman sluts. Get up! I like that idea. Does that make any sense at all? 100%. Well, because, uh, yeah, absolutely. So they um, infantilize them by making them put pacifiers in their mouth. They end up squeezing ketchup, mustard, oatmeal, flour. I think I saw pancake mix in there. Whipped yep. cream, eggs, they put all that shit on them, right? Make them unattractive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that psychology. I don't know. I'm not a girl, never been a girl, but if I was, that's what I would do. That means get up, you lazy little bitches, get up! And this is where we see a couple of the proposals yeah, to the senior absolutely. guys. absolutely. All about dominance. Uh, one of them, yeah, yeah. The second proposal we see is to Tony, the the character played by Anthony Rapp, who is a famous gay. Okay. Um, so he <laughs> really, uh, okay. at, this, at this point he's not, uh, but, but, but he is, he is a famous gay. I really liked him in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He was good. I liked his character a lot. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Again, he's one of the intellectuals. So when, is it Veronica? I think, I think it's Veronica is made to propose to him. You know, he he plays it off. He's like, well, mm-hmm. what can you do for me? He's just like, well, whatever you want. And but he doesn't he doesn't go the pervy route. Right. Yeah. He's like, well, what books do you like to read or something like that? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and you can tell there's something there's something more there. There's something going yeah. on there. You got a little crush on her. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One of the other things they do, they put leashes on the freshman girls, some on some of them. So like you said, dominance. Sizzle, sizzle like bacon, I believe, was uh, a couple girls had to had to be bacon. Now fry like bacon, you little freshman piggies. Fry, fry. Yeah, air raid. They would say air raid. You'd have to fall to the ground. Oh, air raid. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, totally. All about dominance. I had not really picked up on that. Yeah. And then at the end of all this, they make them sit in the bed of a truck, a pickup truck, and they put them through a, an auto car wash. <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny. Okay. I like that. I mean, how else are you going to clean these girls off? Like, it was It was smart, right? I mean, very efficient. I don't know. That's another thing where I was like, is this what the 70s was? <laughs> <laughs> if you did that today, I mean... You would you would be put in jail for thirty five years and you would be sued for thirty five million dollars. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Well, yeah. Well, I mean, now our car washes have those damn things that beat. They would beat you to death. Yeah, that's true. You, you would be dead. That's true. Okay. Yeah, it's completely different times, Mark. Back then, going through the car wash was it was a much easier task. Right? Yeah, happened all the time. So they wash the girls off, and yeah, Sabrina is the one who proposed to Tony. And kind of the senior that is latched onto her is Jody, who is Mitch's older sister. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They drop Sabrina off at her house, and Jody's like, hey, let's be friends. You know, the hazing's over. Yeah. yeah. That's not the attitude that all the seniors have, both girls and boys. No. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But for Jody, she's like, hey, you're cool. Like, let's be friends. You want to hang out later? And Sabrina asks, well, what do you do for fun? And one of the things she says is, oh, yeah, we drive around. What do you do for the recreation? Oh, the usual. Ball, uh, drive around, the occasional acid flashback. <laughs> drive around. Yep. Do you remember in front of the mall in Gainesville? Hell yeah. People would just drive. God, what was that called? Um... There's a word for that. Yeah. Words are killing me today, Mark. Like, it's been bad. Um, it wasn't dragging. It was... Cruising? Was it cruising? cruising. That's what it was. was it cruising? cruising? Yeah. And they had to pass, like, a city ordinance against it and all that they, stuff? Well, it would lock up that entire side of town all Friday night. Just hundreds of cars just making a single loop, hogging all the turning lanes. It was, it was a problem. Huge problem. Yeah, and who knew? This I mean, apparently this is just what you did in, in the seventies <laughs> before social media. I mean, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. How else are you gonna meet random women? So yeah, we hear a few times throughout the movie people just talking about driving around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's the thing to do. And that's what we see most of them doing, right? I mean they're driving around trying to find the next party. I feel like that's what you and I did in high school, right? Didn't yeah, you just but, drive around? Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never drove around with, with beer in the back of my car, just like trying to get high. But obviously, yeah, that was a thing. Sometimes we'd buy cigars and jump off of docks that weren't ours. And that, that's how badass we were. Like, that was Edge, man. Whew! <laughs> <laughs> we could write our own days to Confused. I don't think we should. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, and so I, w- I also want to point out, like, you know, now we've got cell phones. Even back when you and I were, were in high school, there were cell phones. They weren't yeah. the same as they are now. But no. the way that news moved around throughout the movie, you know, so, like, the, the party's going to be at Pickford's house. And the last day of school, everybody's talking about, oh, have you heard about the party? Come to the yeah. party at Pickford's house. And then, whoops, we're at Pickford's house, and the beer delivery guy comes an hour and a half early. He thinks he's being helpful. That's fucking stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. You know why you set an appointment? To keep things running on time. All right? You don't show up early 
You don't show up late. Right. Right. Because Pickford needed time for his parents to go out of town on their weekend trip. Right. And did they end up going? No. Dad's like, I'm not buying this bullshit. Unpacking right now. Yeah. So we see a few different groups of people come up, you know, throughout the movie, come up to Pickford's door and the dad opens Mm -hmm. the door and just stares at him and they all, you know, they run away. Yeah. But... You know, we also see people meet up at the burger joint and they're like, hey, did you hear Pickford's party's a bust? You know, blah, blah, blah. We hear, you know, later at the pool hall, the Emporium, they're like, "Yeah, hey, Pickford's party's a bust. You know, hey, we're going to have a party at the Moon Tower. Tell everybody, you know. I mean, if they did that today, they could have tweeted it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It over. <laughs> Hashtag Pickford. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What other, what other hashtags? Uh... Pickford's dad is a prick. That would be a good one. Yeah. Pick, Pickford prick. Uh, moon. Yeah. Moon tower. I don't tweet, Mark. I'm having a hard time because I don't believe in tweeting. Uh, never have. Still don't know why people use it. Well, you don't have uh, to tweet to use hashtags, right? That's true. That's true. But yeah. So so if we were if we were trying to advertise a party at the moon tower, maybe moon tower, moon tower, midnight, midnight, moon tower. Hashtag midnight. Yeah, you'd have to be incognito, right? You, I mean, you'd have to, you have to be a little secretive about this, right? Well, the parents aren't using Twitter, so they don't know. <laughs> they have no idea what's happening. Yeah, but yeah. So we've we've seen Pickford's house. His parents are like, "Fuck you!" You know, we're not going to let you have this party. But I want to point out that they let him. They let Pickford like go out and party elsewhere that evening. Like he's not. Well, I, I, yeah. Like he's not grounded. Yeah. Also, okay, flash forward to the Moon Tower. There were like a hundred kids there. Easy. Oh, yeah. Well, they were not going to fit in that damn house. What did he have planned? What did he think he was going to do? Maybe he had a big backyard. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I'm just saying. The math didn't work for me. So, yeah, so the, the party's canceled and the jocks decide, well, all right, can't go to... Uh, Pickford's anymore. We're going to go to the Emporium, the, the pool hall. And Johnny, here we are. We meet Wooderson. Wooderson! Say, man, you got a joint? Okay. This, what this, whole, this whole night is about Wooderson. Okay, we finally come to Wooderson. Driving his 1970s Chevrolet Chevelle, right? Hashtag Wood for Wooderson. Woo! I like that one. That's a good hashtag. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. Yeah, so uh, McConaughey plays Wooderson. He's riding around with Pink, again, the, the high school mm-hmm. quarterback, who has taken Mitch under his wing a little bit in the same way that Mitch's sister Jody took Sabrina under her wing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Mitch has been, he's gotten spanked now at this point by the seniors, and Mitch is, or Pink is like, hey, you know, you're cool. Hang out with us tonight. So they come to pick him up in Wooderson's Chevelle, and <laughs> this is where we get, you know, McConaughey's line where he says, Hey, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> now, up until this point in my life, I had heard that line all the time, and I never got it. I was like, what are y'all talking about? Really? Okay, I had never heard it before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yep, I had heard people say it, and I had no idea what on earth they were talking about. So apparently Linklater's notes to McConaughey for like the second take on this was you are sexually 
enticed and attracted to, or enticed by and attracted to marijuana. What? So when he's asking this 14-year-old kid, like, hey, man, you got a joint on you? Like, and he goes, no, not on me, man. He's like, oh, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. You know, it's like he just, he really, really wants a joint. That's weird as hell. Weird as hell. Yeah, but the performance, man, right? Yeah, I mean, it's true. It, it made Wooderson. It made him. He delivered it mm-hmm. so well. He did. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah. So they go to the Emporium, and you hear him say, all right, all right, all right, off screen as they're pulling mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Of course, again, this isn't the first time like that it was filmed, you know, him saying this. Yeah. Oh, and I alluded to this early in the record here, but the fucking nerve. Of McConaughey to have the amount of swagger that he has in the scene. The fucking nerve, Johnny. Who the fuck am I? I'm nothing. I want to be that. We need to live that life, yeah. Mark. We can be that. We can. He's got these like peach or salmon pants on, this tight t shirt with uh, Ted Nugent's face on it, this like little pipe or something on a necklace, thin mustache. Sideburns, long sideburns, right? He walks into the Emporium. He doesn't just open the door, right? Did, did you clock this? No, I did not catch this. Okay, so the camera is inside the Emporium facing the door, right? Right, yeah. And as soon as the door opens, it starts moving back, following McConaughey as Wooderson. You know, he's front. And they got Pink and Mitch in the back. But, like, McConaughey doesn't just open the door like you would open a door. He reaches up to the top. Opens the door from the top, okay? Which is like, I don't know why, but it's a cool move. And you see, like, his muscles, right? And he, he's, he walks in, and he doesn't he never, he never doesn't stop, right? He doesn't stop to look around or clock the room. This is his house. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. But cut, correct me if I'm wrong, he's also years older than everyone else, am I right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not his first time around this block. But this, I mean, this is his house. This is his town, right? Mm-hmm. And, but this, mm-hmm. I mean, we know nothing about this character other than he wants to join, right? That's true. So yeah. we learn just what you just said. We learn that from this just few seconds on screen. The way he opens the door, and again, he never pauses. He's immediately scanning the room, like very calmly, very chill. And I, the camera doesn't move at 100% speed. You know, going a little bit slower, mm-hmm. which adds to the swagger, you know? Yeah. But people yeah. are people are waving at him and oh, being yeah. like acknowledging him. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I don't think that this amount of swagger has been on screen before or since. That's all I'm saying. Well, should we start opening doors from the top? Like, is that what we need to start doing? Yes. I'm not opposed to this idea. Uh, it seems like there are less germs up there. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is pre-COVID by a few years, so... Well, know. he was ahead yeah. of his time, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then later we see him. Again, he's got these, like, tight salmon pants, and he's just leaning up against the wall, but his hips are, like, just slightly angled. He just looks cool as fuck, man. Right? He does. He does. He. I mean, I didn't study his hips the way you did, Mark. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, you want to talk about a career-making role. I mean... I mean, that's true. That is true, all right? You got to give it credit. He really did. Damn. He just gave it everything. Damn. Damn is right. Yeah, and then 
Later we see Wooderson outside of the Emporium. He's talking to a guy. We later learn his name is Clint. But they're like, you know, comparing dicks, uh, but with muscle cars. Do that all the time. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, and apparently Wooderson has named his his muscle car Melba Toast, which I what? thought was cool. I missed that entire line. What the hell are you talking about? Melba Toast? Let me tell you what Melba Toast is packing right here. I yeah, he starts out, he's like, yeah, man, the Melba Toast has got a 358, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, <laughs> we're talking some fucking muscle. Let me tell you what Melba Toast is packing right here. I've got 411 Posi Track Outback, 750 Double Pumper, Edelbrock Intakes, Ford Over 30, 11 to 1 Pop-Up Pistons, Turbo Jet, 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking muscle. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, you know, what I read about his co-stars being like, this is an affectation, you know, his his, right. his accent and everything. Yeah. This is McConaughey with his little laugh and like, we're talking some fucking muscle. And this is, this is him. This is what we've known his entire career. This is him. This is McConaughey actual. What an amazing person. If that's like his life, like that's just how he sees the world. That's who he is. Yeah, we started this podcast because I had like a whim. Like, I don't even remember why. I was like, huh, yeah, let's do McConaughey. But like, he's pretty interesting. He's pretty damn cool. Yeah. 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 So by the end of this podcast, I feel like we should be more like McConaughey. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that a personal goal. All right. I'm not going to come on here and be McConaughey because no one can be McConaughey. Yeah. But I want to channel that, right? Swagger, hips, salmon pants. That's it. We're both going to have to divorce our wives and marry women named Camilla. That'll help. Never met one, but I'd find one for this. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I guess we're not trying to copy his life, just kind of his lifestyle. So, you know, mm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty attached to my wife, so I know I suggested it, but uh, you know, I'm not I'm not into that. So. Yeah, well, Wives, you heard it here. It was Mark's idea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, this, this is where we learn, as, as you've alluded to, you know, Wooderson's older. He says he's been working for the city. He might go to junior college, but, you know, he'd rather have a little money in his pocket. That's right. And mm -hmm. you know what? You know, why, why go to college? Why not just stay here where all the girls stay the same age, right? Yes. I get older. They stay the same age. <laughs> He's like, this is where the all the hot girls are. And even asked, he asked Mitch, like, hey, how's the how's the new crop of freshman girls looking? <laughs> I mean, the amount of predator in that in that line is so high. So high. Creepazoid. Creepazoid. Very. And even one of his uh, the friends, Don, says, You're gonna get arrested one day. Called it. Called it. Yep. But like, I, and I think that the original idea for the Wooderson character was that he would be creepier, but McConaughey overcame the creepiness. Really? With his swagger. Yeah. Right? Interesting. I mean, yeah. You root for Wooderson. You want to be friends with Wooderson. You didn't feel like he really leaned into that creepiness. Like that's not the vibe that you took away from the character. Yeah. He ends up hooking up, well, you know, hooking up with, date, you know, trying to date a, a senior girl. Yeah. Cynthia. You know, he's not going after the eighth graders. 
Well, maybe maybe in this coming of age tale, he is he's maturing, right? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think his character is supposed to be in a state of arrested development. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, he and we learn later, like he when he's talking to the cop on the football field. He's like, don't be mad at me just because I made all district. Right. You know? he's, he's just dicking around with the cop. Like, I don't give a shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So he did great in high school and he's just kind of, you know, hugging, hugging that fame, hugging that mm-hmm. or trying to ride that train, I guess, of, of good times in high school. Uh, yeah. So some of the jocks, they're, you guessed it, driving around, drinking, smoking, throwing trash cans at mailboxes. Yeah. And yeah, and Mitch is there, and for some reason there's a, a bowling ball in the back seat. You don't have one? No. I, is that standard? Dude, yeah. Are you kidding? Like impromptu bowling all the time in the street in the grass. You need to have uh, a bowling ball. I've got a Toyota. I don't think it comes standard with a Toyota. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying, a good at eight. It doesn't have to be a heavy ball, Mark. Like an eight pounder, right? One that you can just casually toss. Just saying. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Okay. So what happened to this bowling yeah, the, ball? What they well, do so that? they peer pressure Mitch into tossing the bowling ball into somebody's back windshield, but they're just causing, they're just wreaking havoc. You know, it's the last day of school. Mayhem. Again, drinking, smoking, whatever. Uh, but some one of the residents, pretty sure it's the one that has like the American flag mailbox. I'm pretty sure it's that guy. Makes sense. Um, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up finding them at a convenience store while they're buying beer and pulls a revolver on them. All right, man, don't try anything oh, or I'll shoot man. the shit out of you. You busted it, didn't you? And God. they drive away. <laughs> I mean, dude, some things have not changed since the 70s, okay? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And he's shooting at them, and they're just having the time of their lives. They're like, "Woo! He's shooting at us!" It's kind of like, oh, he's shooting at us! Holy! This was another time that I was like, "Is this what the '70s was like?" Dude, I think it was. I think it was just like completely off the rails. Like there was no law back then. No, no. Uh, well, another example of having no laws in the '70s. We. we the movie cuts back to the Emporium. Folks are hanging out there. Spivey, one of the football players, asks Mitch to to go buy him some beer. He says, he's like down to his last beer, I think. He yeah. says, hey, go buy yeah. me a sixer of this. Right? So Mitch goes across the street to the liquor store. Do you remember this? Off goes the 14-year-old with all his confidence. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but do you remember, do you remember the pregnant woman in the liquor store? Pregnant woman? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mitch walks in and he he goes over to the beer cooler, but we see and hear the liquor store clerk talking to a woman. Oh, yes, yes. She's smoking, okay? (laughs) And he says, you know, you got to eat one green thing every day and make sure you get lots of calcium. And (laughs) so again, she's smoking and he sells her a pack of cigarettes and she's got a bottle and a brown paper bag. So, again, another thing is like, is this what the 70s was about? I don't know. I don't trust the people that came from the 70s. All right? 
I've, sp- I've, I've yeah. spoken to them. I don't. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not for a second. And apparently for good reason. Yeah. Yeah, so Mitch Mitch gets some points when he comes back to the Emporium with the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he impresses a lady friend, a potential lady friend. Impresses the seniors. And this is where Wooderson announces the party to everybody. He says, hey, party at the Moon Tower. Yeah. You know, later tonight. All right. Guys. Hey. Party at the Moon Tower. Oh, oh beautiful oh, idea. You and Benny pick up the first keg? And he's going to get the beer. Of course, he can get the beer. He's 35 years old. <laughs> right? He should be teaching at the high school by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a few good lines from, from McConaughey here, McConaughey here uh, at the Emporium. Just very casual. They're, they're playing pool. They win at pool. And uh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, party at, the, party at the Moon Tower, man. You know? And then... We see them at Top Notch Burgers, the Burger Joint. Yes. Where yep. that night, where it was a screen test, this was his mm-hmm. first time on screen, right? So the the intellectuals, Cynthia, the redhead, Tony, and Mike, they're at this like drive-in, like a Sonic type. What would you call that? Drive-in? I Fast mean, yeah, I, I think Sonic was definitely the the only thing that I don't. Is Sonic even modern day? Is it something people might be able to relate to? I haven't seen anything else yeah. like it. That I can think of. Yeah, I imagine it was something that was more popular back in that time. Yeah, I feel like the Varsity might have done that at one time. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you. there's a bunch of parking spaces with yeah. like light-up menus, right? You pull up. That was it. Yep. Waiters and waitresses bring out your food directly to the car. Sometimes on roller skates. Sometimes what? On roller skates. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do they still do that at Sonic? Surely to God not. I don't even yeah, know if people can not. still roller skate. Yeah, I can't. I, I would. I think we should try. Actually, I like that. We're doing it, Mark. We're going roller skating. Is this going to be like a bonus thing for the YouTube channel? I think so. Yeah, we roller skate. <laughs> I mean, we could try to do the podcast at the same time. I just don't think it would go well, right? I just feel like there'd be too many things going on. Bad things would happen. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Here's my idea. We have your three-year-old. Drive a golf cart, okay? Okay? And we'll have ropes attached to the back of the golf cart, and we'll roller skate, hold onto the ropes, and we'll see who dies first. <laughs> Your child the, the or one year of old. us. The three-year-old will die first. <laughs> <laughs> We're we'll irrelevant. Him, we'll put him in a life jacket. And like, It'll be fine. Oh, God. What's up, McConaughey's? This is your guest host, Mark Usher. We're here with a brand new guest host and my wife, Diana. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So we watched Days of Confused this week, right? We did. Great film. I, I like it. I, I've I've known this film for a while now. I think, I think the first time I saw it uh, was about 10 years ago. I imagine when I was in graduate school hanging out with friends of mine and they put it on my radar and I didn't know anything about the director, but obviously I knew a lot of the actors in the first place. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, yeah, I'll watch Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey and other people. Now here's something. Johnny joked about how the party at the moon tower is the last half of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I corrected him. It's actually 
literally the last third of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Moon Tower and then Football Field is the last or latter third of the movie. Okay. How do you feel about that? The, what you were ramping up for didn't happen until the very end? Is that like, what you're we thinking? We got an hour with all these characters, right? So we only have a limited amount of time to learn about them. And then they spend probably 20 minutes at this party where, I don't know, there's not a lot going on. I mean, I treat I treat this movie as a character study of 15 different characters. Mm-hmm. And so if what you had was just a bunch of action, you never feel like you really know any of the characters in any real deep way. Granted, what you learn about most of these characters is really superficial and like, I don't want to sign this, you know, mm-hmm. celibacy and no party contract Pledge, with yeah. my yeah, with yeah. my coach. Like that's really lame and <laughs> not all that in the big picture, not all that impactful on one's life. Yeah. Uh, but they treat it like it's the most important decision they ever have to make in their high school career. All right, McConaughey's, today we have a special co-host, Lizzie Phillips. Hey, Lizzie. What's, what's up? Hey, thanks for agreeing to come on the pod and talk about Dazed and Confused. Uh, you're so welcome. I'm excited. Yeah, your premier co-host duties, I guess. But this isn't your first Dave. podcast, though, right? Correct, correct. Your your other co-host is my other partner in my podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, the Modern Real Estate Agents, right? Yep, that's correct. If you are a real estate agent out there, uh, check out that podcast. But today we're talking about Dazed and Confused. Lizzie, it's my understanding you weren't enthused by this movie. <laughs> um, I So far, for all of the Matthew McConaughey movies that I have seen, this is definitely one of the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like, yeah, I ha- this is a, a... I have some opinions. You have some opinions. Okay, well, hey, lay mm-hmm. mommy. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> maybe it was because, like, I, I love you know, love Matthew McConaughey. So I was like, well, anything that he's in is going to be good. So in, in the movie, he was definitely one of the best parts. Like I did enjoy his acting, like his suave, you know, true Matthew McConaughey putting it on. Oh yeah. So I was like solid, solid job. Um, but, but Mark, I just don't understand the movie. (laughs) I, I have thought about it a lot today. I've been driving some and I thought, you know, what was the point? <laughs> like trying to go through in my mind and you and Johnny may have already talked this through. And so I have no clue of the backstory and I have no clue. I mean, he gave me a little bit, but I don't know, like truly what is the point of the movie? I haven't even looked it up, but is it that this kid's signing this paper? Is that the whole premise of this movie is like start to finish? That's where this, this movie goes. Is that is kind of the only like substantive like through consistent line plot line the whole movie. Yeah, like there's a the conflict is he doesn't want to sign the paper and at the end he decides not to sign the paper, right? I mean that's yeah. 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 I mean that's the most of a, a storyline that I found in the whole movie, I think. Um so yeah, I, I, that was 
that that was a positive. I love the music. Solid, solid music. The whole movie, I was like, I know that song. I know that song. That yeah. solid music. Yeah. Most of those songs were on Guitar Hero, right? Yeah. From yeah. back in the day. <laughs> that's, maybe that's why I'm like, I love all these songs and I know that. Yeah. Alright, alright, alright. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. You just heard Diana and Lizzie's an overall review of their thoughts on the film. You'll hear Johnny and I's review at the end of episode three. That'll be coming up in a couple weeks. We'll also address the McConaughey segment for this movie at the end of episode three. So make sure you come back and give that episode a listen. I do have a journal entry for everyone today. That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. This journal entry is from the book All Right, All Right, All Right, The Oral History of Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused by Melissa Mayers. And this is Matthew McConaughey talking about the origin of his, his uh, phrase, just keep living. He says, look, just keep living. The origin is my father moving on. But I love a good truism that you can apply to an infinite amount of situations as a decision-making paradigm. There's a just-keep-living decision with every single thing that I do. I could also argue that every character I play is a just-keep-living character. It's a life affirmant. I've not found any place where it's not applicable. You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. On episode three, we'll finish up talking about Dazed and Confused. That's all we have for today. Thank you all for listening. Our theme music is Hey Aqualung by Polizna. You can find him on Patreon and at freemusicarchive.org. i a link to that in the episode description. You can also find a link to Johnny's other podcast, The Modern Real Estate Agents. You can find us on Instagram at MasteringMPod. If you like this episode, consider subscribing and maybe drop us a five-star rating. It'll help us uh, find some new listeners. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hey, you hear anything more about a beer bust? Talk to this man right here. Patience, darling. Patience.